0: In this episode, I'm joined by trademark attorney, Marcela Dominguez. We'll be diving into the importance and benefits of protecting your brand and business. Now let's get after it. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 145 of the Private Labeler Show. I am your wonderful host, Nick Landowski, and I am pumped and happy that you could join today for yet another amazing episode. And I hope that you guys are all happy and healthy right now during your coronavirus lockdown time. It's definitely a, a crazy time to be alive for sure. I know that the vast majority of people listening to this are on some sort of like um, stay-at-home order or quarantine or whatever we want to call it. And uh, you know what, I'm just trying to stay as positive as possible, and hopefully you guys are as well. It's only a matter of time before we get through this, and life starts to get kind of back to normal. But what I would encourage you guys to do, since a lot of us have a little bit of extra free time on our hands now, maybe because you're not working as much, or you don't have school, or, or whatever it is, try to stay as productive as possible. Yes, it could be real easy just to blow a lot of hours um, you know, watching Netflix or, or, or doing whatever, but try to stay as focused as possible on your business, maybe learning a few new skills. Listen to some podcasts like this, and also, I don't know, maybe read a few good books. So just make the best use of the time as you can. You know, and I, I do hate to admit this, I'm going to throw this out there, but I did waste about an hour of my life this morning. Um, I, I got introduced to that TikTok app, and I blew like an hour of my time this morning kind of looking at... TikTok videos of cats and dogs. It was highly addicting and entertaining. Um, but I actually deleted the app right away because I had a feeling I was going to go too far down that rabbit hole and become very, very unproductive with my time. So decided I would throw that out there. It is a very well done app and highly addicting. So no more TikTok for me, just focusing in on my business and things like that. So hopefully that's uh, the case for you guys as well. So in a minute, guys, I'm going to be joined by trademark attorney marcella dominguez now marcella is an excellent resource for us sellers to help us protect our brands and businesses with a trademark now most sellers don't know how to properly navigate the process of applying for and registering a trademark so marcella is going to walk us through that process okay now One of the major reasons why sellers would want to apply for a trademark is to get access to Amazon Brand Registry. Now, having Amazon Brand Registry unlocks lots, and I mean lots of great tools to help you protect and grow your brand. So if you're at all serious about your e-commerce business, about your brand, about selling on Amazon, you really, really need to be enrolled in Amazon Brand Registry. And Again, you cannot get enrolled in the brand registry unless you have that trademark. So if you're a little bit unfamiliar with Amazon brand registry, I'll leave a link for that in the show notes so you can read up a little bit more about it. But there's just a plethora of awesome tools and, and things that you get access to and that they're always adding on um, to as time goes on. So just a few of the things once you get enrolled into that Amazon brand registry, some of the protections that you'll have is you'll be able to protect your intellectual property, so things like your images. Um, You also get way more control over your listing by being brand registered, by having that trademark. And uh, if you guys see those awesome detail pages out there, they call that A-plus content now, Um, you'll have access to tools like that to really showcase your product. And uh, if you have A-plus content and you do it right, according to Amazon, you'll be able to actually increase your sales and conversions, Okay. So that is awesome. And then uh and other things too, so you'll be able to protect against counterfeit sellers. So you'll have access to Amazon transparency. And then also you'll have access to Project Zero. At least I think you might have access to it. That might be still invite only at this time. Um, I've been enrolled in that for quite some time now. But again, you'll need to be brand registered. Of course, you need the trademark for all that stuff. And if you know if you're unfamiliar with things like Project Zero, Essentially, it just gives you a lot of control over like kicking off hijackers or counterfeiters um, that jump on to your listing. In fact, I've had to use that a few times in the past few months, and I absolutely love it. So again, having access to Amazon Brand Registry gives me all that stuff. In addition to uh, all those things I mentioned, you'll have access to things like uh, brand analytics and a lot of other cool things. So guys, if you've been putting off the process of registering your trademark, For your brand, for your business, now is the time to take some action with all the extra free time that many of us have right now. So if you kind of just been procrastinating on that, maybe you don't know how to get started, you don't know where to begin, you keep hearing, oh, Amazon brand registry is great, and you need a trademark, and you're like, man, I I don't know the first thing about that. Um, This is the episode for you, okay? So this is about trademarks, about how to go about that process, what you need to know about it. and. we're going to talk about why it's cool, why it's cool to protect your business, okay? Now, before I jump to the conversation with Marcella, please, please leave a review for the podcast on iTunes. So go to iTunes and look up Private Labeler Show and leave me a review. That would be super appreciated. And while you're doing that, subscribe to the podcast to support me. And if you guys are not yet a member of the Facebook group, please join. So just go to the Facebook search bar, just type in Amazon FBA, that's the name of the group, and just filter that by groups, and you should see the group there and just request to get joined. We would love to have you. And as always, guys, stay to the very end. Okay, stay to the very end. I'm gonna do a quick recap of the episode, some of the key takeaways and key points for you guys, and uh, also for any resources and links that we mentioned in the episode, please visit Privatelabelershow.com forward slash 145. That's privatelabellershow.com forward slash 145. So without further ado, let's get after it and talk some trademarks with Marcella Dominguez. Hey, everybody. I would like you to welcome Marcella Dominguez to the show. How's it going Marcella?
1: Oh I'm doing so well Nick. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for uh, joining us here on the Private Labeler Show podcast. Uh, Marcella for everybody that doesn't know who you are would you mind just kind of giving the audience and the listeners out there a little 411 on who you are and maybe something fun or interesting about yourself.
1: Yeah, sure. So I am Marcela Dominguez, and I am a creative lawyer that helps other creatives um, get their creative brands off the ground and feel legally safe and legally responsible about their brand transformation. So if you're feeling unsecure, then I take you from unsecure to feeling great about how your brand is going to evolve, legally speaking.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So we were just discussing a little bit about coronavirus. Obviously, that's what everybody's been talking about. So what are you doing right now to kind of pass the time by uh, given most of the country, if not the world is kind of sort of on like a lockdown right now. So, so what are you doing to keep busy?
1: Yeah, so I'm doing a combination of a couple of things. I am actually homeschooling because as you know, um, Kids are home from school, so I'm trying to balance iPad and electronic time with educational time. I've also spent quite a bit of time cooking and sharing recipes on our uh, Stoey Joey channel, which is a creative brand that we have also. Um, And I am just trying to stay sane and calm, you know? I think everybody's kind of wondering what in the heck is going to happen with their businesses and what they're going to do to stay afloat or how they're going to come out at the forefront of all of this. And so I spend a lot of time brainstorming as well.
0: Excellent. That's, that's awesome to hear. Um, yeah. Me personally, I've uh, obviously everybody's gym memberships are shut down right now. So I've been firing up YouTube just mm-hmm. to see these, like there's some, so many amazing like home workout videos that you can kind of do. And I've kind of been dabbling into that. And then uh, some friends turned me on to some Netflix show called Tiger King. I don't know if you heard of that, but
1: yes, it's pretty
0: pretty wild. So I know a lot of people right now are passing time watching a little Tiger King (laughs) and uh, obviously listening to podcasts like this. So yes, plenty to do just to keep us busy during these wild coronavirus times. So anyway.
1: Wild times indeed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's dive into it. The, you know, obviously there's a lot of Amazon sellers listening to this podcast, e-commerce sellers. Uh, We're going to talk about trademarks and kind of all things related and how it fits in relation to, I don't know, Amazon and, and everything related with brand registry and all that stuff. But for the listeners out there, Marcella, can you kind of explain the differences between, let's say, trademarks, patents, and copyrights in like the simplest terms, just so everybody is clear on what we're exactly discussing here?
1: Yeah, that's funny you ask that. I actually have a very special post today that I created on my Instagram, which you can find under business lawyer, Marcella. And in its simplest terms, this is what my post says. You trademark a name, you patent an invention and you copyright the rest. So if you have a business name, a slogan, a tagline, you trademark that. If you've invented something, then you patent that. And the rest is just kind of copyrights. So if you do care to remember the details, then if you have written out some lyrics or you have composed a song, if you have written a book, um, those are things that you can copyright, things that have been manifested into some kind of written artistic form or expression.
0: Okay. Very well said. I like that. So uh, obviously there might be people listening to this that are thinking about a new product idea, obviously they would be gearing towards patents at that point. And a lot of us, you know, we're, we're trying to get brand registered through Amazon. So that's primarily through, you know, trademarks. And there's uh, some differences between those, which we can get into between like logos and word marks and all this and that, which, like I said, we can kind of dive into, but from like a seller's point of view, like what are the main benefits of them having a trademark? We obviously know that you need that to get enrolled into brand registry with Amazon, with all the goodies that, that kind of unlocks once you get enrolled. But what are some of like the big, big benefits though, that um, a seller would maybe not know, but they can gain by having a trademark for their, for their brand if they're an Amazon seller.
1: Yeah. So do you mean benefits outside of Amazon?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like what protections are they going to get with that trademark?
1: Yeah. So I actually send a letter out to some of my clients reminding them of what benefits they are afforded uh, when they do go through the trademark registration process and ultimately get that registered trademark certificate. And um, some of them are things that you might not expect. So Amazon sellers might not even know that, for example, if they have a registered brand with the USPTO, infringing products will be... uh, halted basically by customs and border protection so if customs and border protection basically encounters a package that um poses a trademark infringement issue um they will send you a letter and let you know as well as sending a letter to the uh to the infringer asking them a bunch of questions about where they imported their product from how many times they've imported this product before where they're selling it etc so it does kind of put the infringer on notice that, hey, you better cut this out um, because you're already in trouble. So that's one benefit. Um, another benefit, of course, is being able to stop other people, generally speaking, even outside of Amazon, from using your brand name. So if there is somebody, for example, that wants to come in and use the name um Hershey, let's just say, and even though they might not be selling chocolates, but they're selling some other type of candy, let's say peppermints or something like that, um, having a registered brand with the USPTO um, is going to help you and give you the upper hand in putting a stop to other people who also want to have a candy brand uh, that is similar to or exactly like the name you are already using. So outside of Amazon, you're given this upper hand, you're given leverage, you're you're being given the ability to put a stop to other people who kind of want to piggyback on your success as a registered trademark owner.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, another thing too, it just avoids confusion in the marketplace as far as, you know, from what I understand, but yeah, ultimately what you're saying is just protects your, your brand name. So if somebody couldn't come in with You mentioned Hershey's. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't come in with like Smirshies or just something similar trying to like piggyback off of that company's success because, uh, you know, their trademark or all their whatever they got working on it would prevent me from, you know, piggybacking or riding their coattails or whatever, like you said, right?
1: Yeah. And you know, what you said is exactly right. All of this is premised on the fact that the USPTO wants to avoid confusion in the marketplace. And so if you are confusing a consumer and let me clarify this, there doesn't have to be actual confusion. It's a potential for a likelihood of confusion. Then that is what the USPTO wants to put a stop to. They don't want there to be uh The USPTO doesn't want there to be a likelihood of confusion in the marketplace.
0: Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, A a common question that I see, Mm -hmm. and I I can understand that this is something that comes up uh, a lot, but should sellers file for a trademark with their business or, or their personal name, or does it not matter?
1: Yeah, this is a great question. You know, I think that at first glance or at first thought, you might think this isn't a big deal. I'll just put either my business name or my personal name. But if you are really, you know, thoughtful about your business and your business goals and the assets that you're building, the kind of business portfolio that you want to maybe show to future investors, then the right thing to do is to put it in your business name. And that is because it's ultimately business assets. It's not necessarily a personal asset, right? Because that business name is what you're trying to protect. So it should be in the business's name.
0: Okay, and then it is uh, transferable if needed. Um, oh, like definitely. Sell this or that. And I'd imagine that's, there's a process, like if you need to transfer it as you know part of a sale or just you want to move it from this entity to that entity, right? That should be pretty easy to do.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. And so we offer those services also. So if you're somebody that has already registered a trademark and you put it under your own personal name, there's always the option to assign it and you can assign it to anyone, whether that's because you sell it or because you're transferring it to a different business that you own. All of those options are possible.
0: Okay, great. And um, it's been a while for me with the whole Amazon uh, trademarking and, and me getting trademarks for for the things I needed to for my businesses. Um, does Amazon still just require a, a word mark at this point or what do they currently require?
1: Um, yeah, so if you have a registration for either the word mark or the logo, um either will work as long as you have a registration number. Um, but I would suggest that it be a word mark, just because that is the most uh common form of a registered trademark. Um, in terms of Amazon anyway, lots of people just like to register their business name, especially because they know that that's not going to change. And a lot of times if you decide to change your logo in the future, um, then you're going to lose protection if you change the design in any way, shape or form, and then still try to, um, hold to that registered trademark protection in that original design you protected, but that has since changed. So stick with the business name, especially if you know the business name is not going to be changing.
0: Okay, yeah, that's good information. I was going to ask different, you know, about logos and word marks, uh, as far as if they should get both or not. But kind of just covered that there. Now, uh, how long does the entire process take? Because I know that's the common thing everybody you know has on their mind if they've never gone through this before. Let's say they just started their their brand up and they're really excited and they want to get enrolled into things like Amazon Brand Registry. Uh, What what's in a a time process that somebody can kind of expect currently for this from start to finish to get approval?
1: So the process takes anywhere between 10 to 14 months. And I know because I've watched other YouTubers say that, oh, we can get it done in as little as six months. And it drives me nuts because I think to myself, like, this is the bulk of my work. I do this day in and day out. I correct people's DIY trademark applications. I look at office actions. I file brand new applications. And I receive the registered trademark certificates, send them out to clients. and. They do not come back in six months, let me just tell you. They used to way back in the day, but not not now, not at all.
0: Okay, so given that, I uh, just want to throw this out there to the listeners. Let's say that you're starting up a, a new brand, new business, or what have you. You're really excited about it, and you think you're going to make a go of it. I guess my recommendation to you is the sooner the better you can get your button geared to get that application or get that process started for that trademark. Uh, you, you really want to get that started as soon as possible, um, just because it is going to take obviously considerable amount of time. And you know, six months in or year in, if you still haven't even thought about a trademark for for your protections, uh, you're you're going to be kind of probably kicking yourself, going, "Man, I should have got that done sooner." Especially if your brand starts to take off, you have some success and things like that. Um, it's just much easier. just to start this sooner rather than later, correct?
1: That's right. That's right. Just because of how long it takes and because, you know, people want overnight success, whether it's on Amazon or outside of Amazon these days. And so if you're looking for that overnight success, you're not going to get it by just sitting and waiting for a registered trademark to fall out of the USPTO sky. It's not going to happen. You have to take action and the sooner you do it, the better.
0: So a question might uh, I might uh, have, if I'm just listening to this right now, is that Would you still have any protections while you're, let's say you're waiting, you're three months in or whatever, um, would you still have any protections whatsoever, even though, again, you're not fully approved yet, that could take a while? Uh, Are you afforded any protections during this process while you're waiting for um, any benefits of the, the trademarking process?
1: Yeah, so that's also a really great question. Um, You can basically fall back on what we call common law rights. So common law rights means that you're able to use and you have protections in the area where you are using your uh, trademark currently. So let's say that I have a brick and mortar store and back to our candy example, I'm selling in El Paso, Texas. Then I am able to basically claim a priority over that name here in my geographical area where I sell. Now, if you're an online seller, that is where, you know, things become a little bit murky um, because there is no clear line or boundary as to where you are using your mark, right? I mean, these days people are shipping internationally, even Um, they're shipping nationwide. So, you know, there's always that big question, but basically the answer to your question falls back to common law rights and so that is what you would defer to if you do not have a registered trademark but let's say you're in the process of applying for your trademark you know if i receive my registered trademark certificate on december 31st of this year but i applied on january 1st of this year my protection actually backdates to the day that i applied So instead of getting my protection on December 31st, it would actually backdate to January 1st.
0: Okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess the question will be then that that sellers are going to have is, hey, you know, I'm I'm waiting on my approval for my trademark. And I want to kind of get things going with Amazon as far as brand registry. Is it still the, the current status that Amazon says, hey, we don't care if you're waiting for approval? It doesn't like you, you we're not gonna accept your your trademark at this point, like you need to be fully approved in order to get accepted into brand registry. Is that kind of how it's still working?
1: Yes. Um, you have to have a registered, uh, a registration number to be able to plug in to be able to take advantage of those benefits on Amazon. Okay. So you, it's, it's not enough that you just submitted an application. You have to have that registration number.
0: Okay. So if you guys listening out there, you know, you can't tell Amazon, Hey, you know, I, I'm pretty sure it's is going to get approved. I've been waiting for five months, you know, okay, can you just let me in or whatever? It it doesn't, uh, doesn't really work like that. So again, the sooner the better to get that all, um, all fully approved at the end of the day. Again, it's going to take some time and I guess you probably get this question a lot, but sellers might be wondering what, what are like some of the common reasons why, their application for their trademark might be uh, rejected or not approved?
1: Yes. So the most common um, issue that really prevents sellers from obtaining a registered trademark um, is something called the likelihood of confusion, which we lightly touched upon a couple of minutes ago. And that means that the name you um, are trying to apply to get registration for is too similar or is exactly like one that's already out there. Um, that someone has already registered. And so going back to the reason that the USPTO doesn't want to accept confusion in the marketplace, they will actually issue a likelihood of confusion uh, in that office action. And so what's an office action? It's a letter that you're going to receive from the USPTO stating, hey, this is what's wrong with your trademark application. And if you don't fix this issue, your application isn't moving forward. And so a likelihood of confusion is actually what it's called and that is going to be the biggest hurdle, the biggest obstacle to obtaining a registered trademark. Um, So that is a big one. Some other smaller, um, not so large obstacles are the specimen that you submitted, which is basically your proof of use, um, is improper. Um, Maybe you designated your entity improperly, so you put in your personal name, but you identified it as a business. Other issues can be multi-class issues. So for example, you put in that you want to sell clothes, hats, shoes, paintings, and sprockets. And so they come back and they say, hey, all of these things that you listed are not in one class, but they fall under three different classes. So at that point, you have to decide, hey, am I moving forward with three classes or just one or maybe two? Uh, What can I afford? Because each of these classes also carries an extra fee of $275.00. Um, and so there's a few others, but I would say that those tend to be the most common. Um, and of course the likelihood of confusion and descriptive refusals, uh, being the most difficult.
0: So has ever happened where, uh, let's just say somebody submits and they're waiting and waiting and let's say they wait, I don't know, eight, nine months. And all of a sudden they get a, um, a response back from the USPTO and they reject it and they say, Hey, you need to fix this or change that or whatever. What if once, if that happens, how long are they going to have to wait on top of that? You know, is it going to be like, are they going to get bumped to the back of the line? Or is it kind of, you know, like, I I guess what happens if they have a bad application Do they, does it extend the entire process even further?
1: Well, it only extends the process even further. Um, if you, take your sweet time to respond. So, I mean, you're not necessarily sent to the back of the line, but your application is put on hold. So instead of going to the back of the line, it just kind of stays there. Um, so it's kind of like a car stuck on a freeway. I mean, you don't ever want to be in that position, right? Um, uh, because other applications are, might just be flying by you. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're taken back to your house or wherever your starting point was, but it does mean that you're just kind of stalled on the freeway until you figure out a way to fix your car and get it going. Um, so yeah, it's important to maintain the momentum. Um, I offer a service actually to DIY applicants for me to be able to monitor their mark and, um, if it is, if your application is stalled, then I become aware right away and we can get on those issues as soon as possible so that we don't lose momentum.
0: Okay. Makes sense there. And you, you mentioned, uh, monitoring trademarks. Well, that's obviously during the process, but let's just say I have my trademark. I'm good to go. I'm selling, I'm growing my business. Uh, what, how how can, how can I make sure that nobody is infringing on my rights with that trademark? Obviously, uh, you know, it's it's hard to monitor everything going on on the internet and, and this and that. So, like, what are some ways that sellers can actually make sure things are uh, being monitored, just to you know, for protections, if you will?
1: Yeah. So, on um, of course, we offer that service where we're able to use um, a, a monitoring service speci- spe- uh, specifically for your brand. So, we're able to find out if anybody is using your mark um, on their website, um, on Amazon, um, in any way, shape or form, and then we're able to alert you. And then at that point you have to decide what you want to do, whether that means contacting them or sending them a cease and desist letter. Um, but if you're doing this on your own and you kind of want to take a stab at it, um, you know, Google does offer a service, you know, Google alerts, I'm sure you've heard of it. Mm -hmm. And so you basically go in there and you type your business name and that'll kind of, Uh, or whatever it is that you've registered and it gives you alerts as to what comes up with that name that you punched in. And so although it's not as formal as the type of monitoring that we do, um, it still is something that you can do on your own to see what is going on with your mark. And then of course, it's up to you to take matters into your own hands um, and figure out what you want to do if you see something that kind of makes you suspicious um, or it puts you off.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. And uh, you mentioned before, things have become global with our brands and businesses due to the internet. And I'm just curious, you know, I know the listeners might be curious, let's say they file for patent in the US with like the USPTO.gov site. Obviously, that protects them within the United States, but our brands are now global. Uh, Am I afforded any protections outside of the US? Let's say there's somebody selling on, let's say, Amazon in Europe or something like that, or just anywhere really outside of the US, does my patent go beyond the the continent or beyond the US for any protections, or am I just confined to where I got it from?
1: Yeah. So if you have, well, do you mean trademarks or patents?
0: Um, I guess for, for this conversation, trademarks, does it go beyond...
1: Yeah. Um, Okay. So if you have registered in the US, then yes, the protections afforded to you are going to be in the US only. Now, if you're wondering what happens if I've been using my brand outside of the US, then it depends in which countries you've been using it. And then you basically have to reference the laws of those countries to figure out what kind of priority you have. Because unless you have registered your brand in those countries, um, you might be subject to some other default rules like the equivalent of our common law rights. So it's always really important to find out what the laws are in that country, Um, especially when you're dealing online. As I explained earlier, you know, the waters can become a bit murky because, you know, online is just a whole different game than having a brick-and-mortar presence or having a a storefront that people visit. Um, But, you know, we do – you can register your trademark in other countries as you're going through the U.S. trademark application process. And so if you think that you're going to be crossing – um, national borders with your brand, then I would definitely consider registering in other countries. Um, you know, the Madrid protocol also outlines, uh, what to do if you want to register in other countries. Um, so that's something that you can read up on your own. If you want to just head to that website, you know, the Madrid protocol will explain some of those things.
0: Okay. Good information. Um, Let's just say I'm I'm kind of starting from scratch here. I'm coming up with my my business ideas and maybe my business name. I'm trying to trying to get started here and I maybe start up a Google search, if you will, and I want to pick up a, a business name that nobody else has. Like what's the process then? Like how do sellers go about registering that trademark? Uh, is the first thing just to start off at Google just to make sure nobody has you know, the brand or the business name that I'm going to, you know, maybe start slapping on my products. Like, is that where, what you would recommend just using Google to begin with and kind of doing that general search? Or is there something more in depth before I kind of solidify the, the business name and or brand that I'm trying to create?
1: Yeah. So I think we need to take it one step back and we need to ask ourselves like how common or how generic is my name? and if it is generic then we do need to consider doing a google search we need to run consider running a comprehensive search report through an attorney um but if your name is not that generic and it's very very unique it doesn't sound like anything that's out there in fact it sounds like it's completely made up um then i don't think that you need to be as uh worried about maybe a comprehensive search report or doing that deep of a google search Um, And that's because, like I said, everything goes back to this confusion issue. So if it's very unique and it's something that you've never heard before, then what are the chances that it's going to be confusing? Well, the chances are not high. And so if it is something that's generic, what are the chances? The chances are high. And so now you kind of have to take a different road than if your name was very, very unique. And so sometimes these questions that we ask ourselves don't even need to be cross-referenced with a google search they don't need to be cross-referenced with a comprehensive search report but if we kind of use common sense and we're objective when asking ourselves these questions instead of being emotionally tied to the name that we've chosen then we can answer these questions a little bit more clearly and say okay you know what my name is not very unique my name does sound like some other names that are out there one of the words that i'm using in my business name does sound a lot like something that i've heard before So should I run a search report? Probably. But like I said, if it's something that's um, very unique and you can answer that question to yourself objectively, then, you know, I think you can risk the, you know, you can take more of a chance um, when thinking about running these reports. Uh, Like you don't need to do it, you know. the, The necessity is not... There as much as it is if your name is generic.
0: Yeah, I gotcha. The other thing too, just from my own point of view, I remember what this is what I did. Um, I also went to GoDaddy and checked mm-hmm. dom- domains. Like, hey, is this brand or this business that I'm thinking about creating um, is that domain name available? Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of times, there's you know people that will buy up tons of domain names, you know, and, and just just to hold them or whatever. So I would just say, hey, if you're thinking about starting up a XYZ business or XYZ brand just make sure that that domain name is available as well. Like when you're going through this entire process of deciding on your brand name, business name, and if hopefully it's available, then I would just say submit and purchase the domain name as well. Even though you might not have any intentions of starting up that website anytime soon for your business, your brand, but I would just, I would secure it right away. Um, you know, so that way down the road, somebody else doesn't scoop it up or something like that and cause you headaches Mm -hmm. that definitely can happen.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then that could also pose issues in the future. So let's say you did decide on a particular brand and then, you know, you filed a 1B application, which is basically an intent to use, um, because you're not actually using the business name right now, but then you don't go to GoDaddy to try to sweep up the name until six, seven months down the line and it's gone. Well, maybe if you would have done it earlier, the domain would have been available. Um, and, And you wouldn't have to uh, confront the issue that you're now going to have to confront, which is how do I come up with a new um, or unique domain that's still associated with the business name I'm I'm already registering with a 1B application. So yeah, I mean, if you can get all your ducks in a row from the get-go, it just makes the, the trademark process and the business process and the startup process more consistent and more streamlined and more efficient, easygoing.
0: Okay, so obviously sellers can seek out someone such as yourself to help them with not just not just uh, trademarks but patents and copyrights. I'm assuming all things may be kind of related for any advice and things like that. But the what we were talking about is the USPTO.gov site. Um, obviously, people can start their you know process there to file for the trademark. But what types of services, Marcela, can you offer? the sellers out there that are kind of confused about what to do and how to go about this or that. And maybe they have a unique situation or whatever, like what types of services can you offer them to help them through this process?
1: Yeah. So we actually, uh, we actually offer a coaching process. So whether that's you as an individual that really needs one-on-one mentorship about how to get your business up and running, um, how you're going to use your creative juices instead of tying up your creative flow um, with legal issues that you might not know a lot about, we kind of help, um, clear the way so that you can focus on what you're good at, which is, um, letting your business ideas like run wild and, um, building a work from home lifestyle or a work from anywhere lifestyle. Um, and so we offer the group coaching and mentoring. And then we also offer, of course, the trademark registrations, the business startup, whether you're going to be an LLC, a C Corp, an S Corp, Um, We also offer um, trademark registrations abroad, trademark monitoring. If you've already done a DIY trademark application, then we can monitor it. We can also correct any issues that the the, uh, USPTO has sent over to you in a a letter. Um, So anything that runs the gamut of starting a small business um, or a creative business, that is what we help with. So primarily Amazon sellers, uh, bands and brands.
0: Okay, so where can sellers find you online to kind of get that process started?
1: Yeah, so they can look for my name. They can just do a Google search for Marcella Dominguez, Marcella with two L's. Um, they can also go to MarcellaTM.com, M-A-R-C-E-L-L-A-T-M.com.
0: Okay, excellent. And Then we covered kind of like a fairly wide um range of topics here dealing with trademarks specifically, but what else, like, did we miss anything, anything else that you think might, might be crucial as far as information, something we skipped over or anything uh, related to those Amazon sellers out there listening that they might want to know that we didn't already talk about?
1: You know, if you're somebody that wants to get started on Amazon and you think, Oh my gosh, I really am on a very, very tight budget, either because you're a college student or because you're someone in these times of coronavirus quarantine, your income is affected. I don't want you to feel like because you don't have enough money to register your brand, that you're then precluded from seizing the moment and the opportunity to jump on something new that you've always wanted to do. Um, I personally, I go through this in the coaching uh, process, but it's really important to get your mindset right from the get-go. You know, do not let all of these what seem like obstacles um, impede your way. It's really important to remain positive. Always know that there's a solution for every problem that exists, even though it's hard to think that there might be one, um, and then get with the right people, people that have already been there and done that people that are putting out YouTube videos, podcasts, just like this one that kind of help you get through those challenging times. That's so, so, so important.
0: Okay. Awesome. Um, Marcella, I, I greatly appreciate all the information and I know the listeners do as well. I know trademarks and all this kind of legalese type of stuff is is very kind of confusing for somebody out there that just wants to, you know, grow their business and grow their brand and, and do what they do best, things like that. And you know, a lot of this stuff kind of just stops us to free, you know, makes us freeze in our tracks when we think about like trademarks and like, what do I do? And it just seems complicated and confusing. And so I wanted to thank you for Sharing and shedding some light for a lot of the sellers out there, as far as like, hey, you can help them with this process, so as you said, that they can focus in on their talents and, and growing their business and being creative and things like that, mm-hmm. so um, I will definitely link up anything that we talked about, like you know your information on the show notes to the episode so people can find you there. Um, I guess uh, thank you again for coming on and, and I wish we, we were in better times right now, but we're dealing with kind of a crazy situation out there, but it is a great time to get focused on our businesses when we do have some free yes. time and, uh, you know, good time also to watch a little, uh, Netflix and Tiger <laughs> King as well and whatever else we're doing in between. So, uh, thank you so much. I appreciate everything and hopefully the listeners out there got a lot of value and we'll be reaching out to you.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Nick, for having me.
0: Okay. Take care. Thank you again, Marcella, for stopping by the show and sharing all of your expertise and knowledge on the subject. We greatly appreciate it. Now, what I wanted to do, guys, is just take a quick second here to highlight and recap just a few key takeaways, key pointers from our conversation. And then after that, you guys can get on with the rest of your day. So first things first, guys, do not procrastinate when it comes to this. Make sure you apply as early as possible for the trademark. Again, this is a really long process. So you don't want to delay. You want to apply as early as possible because many of you listening to this are going to want to get access to Amazon brand registry. And yes, you need to wait for that trademark to be approved to finally get access to the brand registry, to all the goodies that you get from that. So just take action right now and get it done if you have been kind of putting it off. Now, another thing. Be cautious, very cautious when you're submitting that application, okay? You want to avoid rejection. The last thing that you want is to wait forever and a day and all of a sudden find out that your application was rejected for whatever reason and then you have further delay. So you want to avoid that. Make sure you're filling the application out correctly, okay? And do things like do a proper search for the name that you're trying to trademark, the brand name that you're trying to trademark. Uh, You wanna avoid sounding similar to other existing names already. And uh, once you kind of uh, decide on that brand name and you're good to go and you fill out and submit that application, my advice is to secure that domain name. So go to like GoDaddy and secure that domain name right away. Even if you don't think that you want to put up a website for your for your business or your brand anytime soon, just secure it for a couple of bucks and maybe you know down the road sometime, you're going to want to expand to... Uh, your own website or like a Shopify site for your brand, you'll have it ready to go and you don't have to worry about somebody else scooping it up. So that about does it, everybody. Uh, make sure, again, you reach out to Marcella for any help, any guidance along with this. Uh, her services are available for you guys and uh, check her out on the show notes for any links that we talked about over at privatelabelershowcom forward slash 145. So thank you again, guys. I appreciate it. And again, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, leave a review on iTunes, and stay productive and focused during this quarantined coronavirus time, guys. Lay off the TikTok as much as possible. Lay off the Netflix as much as possible and get some business done. Make it happen. Take some action. And we'll talk to you in the next episode. Later.
1: This episode of The Private Labeler Show has ended. Please show your support for the podcast by subscribing for more business strategies and tactics to help you build your empire. Also, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.